Welcome back to another episode of Kicking It With Coach Red, where we bring you all the stories, news, facts, and opinions about your favorite teams from the Pacific North Fresh, where we talk about the good and the bad and the Mariners. The Mariners. Mariners mania out here. Oh, Mariners. But right now, we don't want to talk about no baseball. We want to go chug a Coors Light out of a funnel. Yes. Chug a couple beers and uh-huh. go hang out with our buddies on the Palouse. Yes. Washington State Cougar fans, welcome to your episode. We're going to be breaking down a little summer preseason breakdown here for the upcoming college football season for the Washington State Cougars. And bringing you the fire, we're going to keep going with the college theme and we'll just talk, we'll just finally just talk to a coach. Maybe you want to talk to me, Coach Red. You can find me on Twitter at the real coach red find the pod insta twitter at coach red pod and then whew, man i saw this guy one time in a video chugging a little tito's vodka straight out of the <laughs> handle so kooks fans you're gonna love him and you know him as lefty france it's me. It's me, Lefty. I was chugging the Tito's. <laughs> Find him on Twitter at Lefty France. Follow us. Give Talk follow. to us. Let us know what you think. For this episode of the Cougars, we talk a little bit just like uh, our previous episode about the team that they hate. Yeah. <laughs> Love to hate. Yeah. Uh, we'll break down. Start off lefty, we'll break down the coaching tree, kind of go through their schedule, navigate that a little bit, talk about the offense, defense. We're going to omit the special teams on this one. Uh, basically, their kicker and punter are no longer with the team. Uh, like Mazza, great kicker, decides to transfer to SMU. Great. Bunch of leaves. So guess what? There's a lot of uncertainty at both positions, so we're not going to even try to tell you what's going to happen there because we might just be blowing smoke up to keister and that's not what we're all about here at kicking it with coach red Mm -mm. so lefty bring us in to the palouse and pass out the man at the top this is the moment we've all been waiting for (laughs) 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 are you ready for this i'm ready for this we got nick rolovich at head coach coming over from Hawaii. Um, I mean, he's, it would be great to see him get a winning, have a winning season this year. I mean, yeah, it's, it's tough when you can only play four games out of the seven that were scheduled last year, uh, stupid COVID. And yeah, I think he's a really good coach for them to fill in as behind uh, Mike Leach, like come in after him. I think Rolovich in a couple years will have a solid, solid team. He's only been able with the team for two years. So 
takes a little bit to build build some players and the players trust in you. Uh, plus, with, plus with the head coach out at the Palouse, out over there in Pullman, it's always good to have a guy that's a little bit original. Mike, Mike Leach mm-hmm. was an original, you know, have an original style that you, that you run out there with Rolovich having an original right. style. And I think that yeah. he seems like a chill guy, always wearing the bucket hats. <laughs> you know, it seems like he's ready to roll. And he's got some humor to him. He's got some good personality after they uh, had a 95.4% chance of winning in a game, live predictions against Utah and defensive debacle happened. Looked at the brighter side of it, and one of my favorite quotes that I read out there is he said, we need to get 4.6% better. I like that. I really like that saying, and I, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Um, but, yeah, and then we got uh, John Richardson as the assistant head coach, just got promoted this after the 2020 season, and he was coming from Wyoming. from the For the previous six years, he was over at Wyoming, and, yeah, he's only been with the team for two seasons, like a lot of the coaches, um, because it's a new head coach, you're going to bring in the guys that you want to help run your squad. So I think he, that was a good, they obviously trust him if he's only been with the team for two seasons and is getting promoted to assistant head coach. That's a pretty, pretty big promotion. Uh, he's also helping the corners out over there on the defense. So Corners always can use help. Corners are they're they on an island. Tough, yeah, they're on an island. They got a tough, tough position. So it's cool to see us assistant head coach working with the corners as well. Uh, then we got Brian Smith on the offensive coordinator side of it. He's also helping the running backs out. And he was at Hawaii with Rolovich and also came over when Rolovich got that the head coaching job and yeah he don't got a much don't got much about him uh I think I Rolovich obviously trusts him if he's gonna bring him in and have him call plays and make those decisions comfortable it's, in the run and shoot yeah baby. he he obviously is comfortable with it and the offense is you gotta score to win you gotta score to win if you score more points than the other team, you typically win. Yes, exactly. It's mind-blowing. Maths. Yeah, maths is, is hard. Then we got Jake Dickert, defensive coordinator and linebackers coach. He was also at Wyoming. So Rolovich poached the Hawaii, <laughs> Hawaii and, Wyoming and Wyoming just meet in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right in Pullman, Washington. Yes. I mean, Wyoming's kind of like Pullman, I would have eh, a little bit. Eh. Yeah. Hawaii, not so much, but a little different. Beyond the point. Um, I think Jake Dickert's the like the defense is the biggest part to their success this year. Um, if the defense can force turnovers, make stops, have the other team punt the ball and get it in the offense, offense's hands, 
they're going to be very successful, I believe. And yeah, last year, uh, they led the league with eight forced fumbles and were fourth in run defense and had a 30 yard improvement in the run defense. So nice. It may not have shown on the record, but they're improving and he's he's the guy. He's the guy that's got to do it for the defense. Uh, coach him up. He yeah. did produce four all Pac-12 conference players last year, which is pretty good out of your first season as, yeah. as a defensive coordinator. And a lot of those guys may not have been your recruit, you know? Yeah. So like it. Yeah. And oh can't forget our our guy. Friend of the show. Yes. We've got Colney Castle. The one, the only. Quality offensive quality control coach. Um for you said QBs and wide receivers. QBs and wideouts. So this is his first season with WSU. And he has played with played and worked with uh Rolovich for a while. Now. Yeah, a couple of years now. Uh basically been in the run and shoot his whole college career. And I could see him moving up the chain. I mean, he's 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 a young, he's a young guy. He's young, yeah. Uh very bright, ready to gave us a little bit of insight on uh some guys that we should look out for. Couldn't go too in depth, but just gave us some names of guys that, you know, are well respected within the program. We're gonna touch on those guys a little bit today. And then uh down the road, hopefully get an interview set up, uh, teach everyone out there a little bit more about the, the run and shoot, talk a little bit more about uh, Nick Rolovich as a coach and why people might want to might want to venture out and go play some ball out, out in the Palouse. Shotgun some beers and slang the pigskin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Crushing beers and throwing bombs, baby. Yeah. All right. Uh, lead us right into the schedule. Start off the season at home. Versus Utah State. Utah State's a team that usually can have its up and its down years. Uh, don't know much about them this year, but I like WSU at home in this one. I think they start off the season with a win at home against what could be a tough Utah State team and really set the tone early for this season and really get off on a good foot to, to start the season. Yeah, that first game is always a, a big game. You just, it's that momentum builder. You, Losing the first one's tough. Yeah. Uh, follow that up with uh, game versus Portland State. This is another one that should be a walk in the park for them, especially if they get that first one. Mike Leach isn't the coach anymore. They don't lose to FCS teams no. anymore. Okay. No more. No, Mike Leach is gone. They got lo- they got rid of losing to FCS teams, and I think Rolovich uh, rolls them to 2-0 and here early in the season. I agree. Tough battle uh, in the third game against what was the Pac-12 South champion last year, USC. This is probably going to be a tough matchup. We're going to really see what this team is about in this game. For me, this early in the season, still kind of getting their footing as I've really said that this is year one and a half for the run Mm -hmm. and shoot. So 
there's times where you've had full spring, you should have full fall practice, but I still think there's still going to be some growing pains a little bit. I think that they can overcome those in the first two. This one might be a tough hill to climb. And I feel like this could be uh, an area that they could take a loss, but they've played some really tough games against USC yeah. at the Palouse in the past. That's what I was going to say. I, they, I feel like they always play USC pretty tough. I mean, it's, it's one of those games that you just, you want, you mark on your schedule. You're like, you, I need, we need this win. So. Yeah. Follow that up with another PAC 12 South team, Utah, the team that they're hoping to get, you know, 4.6% better at to be able to close that out. I think this one is the one for me, especially in that early calendar that, that I, that I think they have circled and call me crazy. This is a team that's always been in the running as well. I've got this one as a lock for a win. I do too. I think they're going to blow Utah out. Then you got uh, a game at Cal, two games back to back on the road. Could be a little bit tougher there. I think for me, this one's a coin flip because I think it's really going to come down to which defense can hold up longer because I feel like Cal's defense is always ahead of the offense. Then you've got WSU whose offense is usually typically ahead of the defense. So you have two contrasting styles. What, what's going to prevail? Is it going to be the stout defense that you see out of Cal or is it going to be the offense that you come to expect, you know, the last couple of years in particular in the leech and hopefully now with Rolo that you're looking at this, as an offense that should really start gaining ground. I think that if they win that Utah game, I think they roll into Cal and take care of business as well. I'm with you. Come back home. I think if you've got two wins here, this one might be tough for them. It's Oregon State. They've always seemed to play each other tough. There's been years where WSU has gone out and beaten the big boys. They've beaten USC. They've beaten Oregon. But they've always seemed to have that bugaboo within Oregon State. I feel like Oregon State and WSU are kind of in the same frame where they might not be the biggest headline name program in their own state. But I feel like both of them have their moments and surprise people all the time. So they have very similar mentalities, especially playing that underdog card is always great. There's nothing to lose. So coming into home, depending on where Oregon State is at, if they've lost a couple of games early, they just might be letting it loose and flying with stuff that you haven't seen before. So with this one, if, you, if I see back-to-back wins at Utah and Cal, uh, this one's a toss-up for me. Yeah, I think Oregon State has definitely – they're so hit or miss. It's, it's hard. It is, it is really a toss up. And I, I don't know. I'm going toss up. I can't make a decision on that one. Stanford, typically a tough game for, for WSU in years past. For some reason against the Washington team, Stanford's defense just likes to play out of their mind. I think it's really going to come down to their, their offense in that one. On this one, I might give the edge to Stanford, but it's very slight. Yeah, I think Stanford probably takes this one. Then they finish this stretch of three home games and they go up against BYU. Zach Wilson's not there anymore, so he can't play anyone, anytime, any place. <laughs> guess what? They're going to come play up at the Blues 
and take that L. Sorry, BYU. Yeah. I think that I think that uh, WSU has three games scheduled against you know the FBS teams out of Utah. I think they run the table on all three. Clean sweep of Utah for for the Cougs. For oh, me. you would love to see that. Oh, that'd be great. I think they do as well. I think they they take that trifecta. And <laughs> <laughs> we uh, pop down to Arizona State. Another one of those teams that's always kind of like that boomer bust team. I have, you know, Herm Edwards can get those guys playing spirited and then it seems like they lose focus, which is weird from a guy with such a high pedigree out there. I think that this could be a game, depending where Arizona State's at in their schedule, kind of what they've got coming up, what just happened to them. I think this could be a sneaky game where it's one of those trap games potentially. If, if, WSU's coming in right now. We've got them sitting at about five wins and are fighting for bowl eligibility. I think this is going to be a very tight battle. I'd call it a toss-up. Does Arizona State still have their quarterback? I think it's McDaniels or something like – or Daniels. Yeah. Yeah, he is still there. He's, I believe this, he's pretty this good. Junior year. Okay. Maybe redshirt sophomore. Jaden Daniels. Year. Yeah, that's right. He is a sophomore. Okay. But yeah, I think like you were saying, depending on where they're at in their schedule, it could be that toss up and Jaden McDaniels or Jaden Daniels is good. He's yeah. pretty freaking good and he's tough to stop. But I think going back to the coaching, the defensive side, if the defense is playing well for the Cougs, anything it, is there'll possible. be a yeah. Anything is possible. Go on a boat down in Arizona on a yeah. <laughs> Have a sue. Following that up with a game at Oregon, it's always tough to play in Autzen. If this game was in Pullman, I I would say that there's a better chance there. I think that Oregon, especially defensively is stacked and they've got good players on offense as well. They're going to be one of the teams to beat for the PAC 12 North on this one. Unfortunately, even though they've pulled big upsets over Oregon in the past, I'm probably looking at this one uh, with the Cougs coming out on the wrong side of this one. Yeah. I'm with you on that. But then they get to come back home, play Arizona. Arizona has been a little bit of a mess for a few years now they made a couple of runs you know to prominence for year spurts at a time this year i don't think that it happens so got rid of kevin Sumlin last year i believe they got jim fish is the new hc year one it's always tough in the pac-12 especially for brand new head coaches that were established with those teams or you know taking over a team that hasn't had success luckily you know with bringing in rolovich who's had success coming after mike leach who had success you know, you get a continued success when you're having to rebuild. It's always tougher, especially in year one. Yeah. It doesn't usually pan out too well for the teams in the Pac-12. So I've got WSU winning this game as well. Dubs. Which rolls us right into the Apple Cup. You know, not trying to really lean one way or the other. Like we said in the Husky episode, we hope that this comes down year in, year out to a Pac-12 title you know, Pac-12 North title. 
depending on where both teams are at, this could be, this could just be a battle and they're, they've always been close. Uh, like we said in the other one, since Jimmy Lake's been on staff, it's been tough to beat that defense for the Cougars. But if their defense takes a big step forward, this game could be a battle. And I will call this one a toss up for this side, even though we called the win on the other side, we're trying to bring the optimism and, you know, show what we think could happen, you know, best case scenario, because, the one good thing before the season starts, everybody's tied at zero zero. Everybody has a chance to do something special. And with the guys that they have offensively, this could be a very special group. And I'm expecting the defense to take a step forward as well. Yeah, I agree. So with what we've got here, we've got a couple of losses penciled in, but we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We've got a potential for a nine win season here which coming off a one in three last year, I think they're going to tighten up a lot of things and being able to buy on that Rolo mentality, I think can help a lot yeah. of success down at Hawaii. So I want to see what the run and shoot does in the PAC 12, which leads me right into the offensive breakdown. You know, this year, one and a half, typically when you get those types of offenses that are a little bit different, there can be a learning curve that comes for the defenses in the league. And sometimes, I mean, the air raid's been around now for a while. You look back to the Wildcat age, not a ton of guys are doing the run and shoot in college football right now. A lot of it's your gun spread, air raid, or you're trying to go pro style, you know, or unless you're Georgia Tech, you're running, you know, <laughs> one wide oh, receiver, double God. tight, we're running, we're running crazy ass formations, moving the quarterback around and all that. <laughs> but I'm excited to see what the run and shoot brings for this team and really the full first full off season for Rolo and company. Yep. Let's talk about some of the, the additions to this team. Uh, a lot of good transfers coming in here. So one guy you got is CJ Moore transfer from Oklahoma state should be a guy that competes and starts on the outside for them outside receiver. You've got Victor Lincoln, who's a little bit more of a slot type guy, former Hawaii guy, so knows the system, knows Rolo, knows the staff. He went to well. Union, I'm pretty sure, or Camus, oh. one of the two. Nice. Yeah. Coming back to the state of Washington with the coaching <clears throat> staff he knows, so could click early for him and become one of those reliable targets in this four wide receiver set type offense that they run. Yeah. And then the other guy, transfer – from Tennessee quarterback Jarrett Jarrett Guarantano. So it'll be interesting to see, which will lead me into my quarterback, is there could be a quarterback battle on our hands here. So you got mm -hmm. uh, Jane Deloria. He's a redshirt freshman, starter last year for him, won the job out of camp, did the run to shoot in high school, kind of faded as the year went on, started off first game it was like this guy is the next Gardner Minshew we found we found our our next white whale this guy is everything <laughs> we want to see um ends up fading a little bit down the stretch and then in the offseason little off the field issue which forced him to miss some springtime which could open the door for Jaron Quantano transfer from Tennessee like I said that's an SEC school uh he was 32 game starter there 38 TDs to 17 interceptions as you know Tennessee's been a little bit in the dumps for a lot of years now especially competing in the SEC love to see what he can do out here in the Pac-12 I think mm -hmm. this is a battle that's going to go down to the wire and I think you got to be intrigued if either of these guys you know 
win that job. You've got experience with Garantano playing in a tough division, seeing some complex defenses and seeing NFL talent left and right when you're playing, you know, the Bamas, the Georgias, the Floridas that have been pumping guys into the first round year in, year out, you know, seeing some of these guys on the Pac-12, not all of them might be in that same caliber, but they've got some pretty good, tough defenses out here as well. Or Deloria, the guy knows the run and shoot. That's the big thing. He's been doing it his whole high school career, won the job as a true freshman last year, beat out three or four other guys. So, you know, it's his job to lose. But I think he might have a battle on his hands. And I think with whoever does take that job, they're in a good spot Yeah, at the quarterback position. Yes, sir. Speaking of good spots, God, let's go to the running back room. And I'm thinking Arby's. Hinkin Arby's right now, and it's a two-headed monster <laughs> with uh, Max Borgie and Dion McIntosh. Borgie only played in one game, I believe, last year. Was a little banged up. He had 10 rushes for 95 yards. That's a nine-and-a-half-yard average. The guy, the, how good he is for WSU the dude got the most carries of all time that I've ever seen out of a Mike Leach offense. They were running the ball more than they ever had. And it's not because of a lack of weapons that they had offensively. It's because he was so damn good. He's got great hands too. Great hands, shifty, elusive, can, can bowl you over as well. I mean, this is a guy that is great. He's ready. I said, he's healthy and ready to rumble. That is true. Ready to rumble. You're not wrong. Then you got Deion Washington, who ended up becoming the lead back last year, started the three games that Borgie didn't start, led their team in carries, yards, and touchdowns last year. So you really have a a dynamic one-two punch in the backfield. And I don't know if you know this, but it's called the run and shoot. So (laughs) we're going to run the football, and they've got two extremely good options in the backfield, and they could potentially be one of the better backfields in the Pac-12 this year. I like it. I I'm like gonna it jump a lot. to the offensive line and the hogs, you know, the hog mollies down there. There, it's either redshirt juniors or seniors or redshirt seniors or graduates across this line. So you've got you've got a lot of experience here, and they should be able to keep whoever's at quarterback upright and open up those holes for the run and shoot. And big shout out to Colney here because it's always tough to evaluate. You know the offensive line and three guys that that he really pointed out are your bookends he's got your two tackles in the center so left tackle you got Liam Ryan on at center Brian Green and at right tackle Abe Lucas those will those will be the guys to watch for out there just watching them road great watching them stand defensive ends up because although they don't get a ton of cred those offensive linemen they do they're doing the dirty work and they're hungry. I'd love to see them get some pancakes this year. Love me some pancakes. Then we get we get to the fun of the run and shoot, the shoot part. No true tight end in this offense. So we're going to be talking a lot about some wide receivers here. So they've got experience and depth throughout this wide receiving core. They have a ton of options. Looking at the depth chart, they've got like 10 plus guys listed, I feel like. Well, more than that, because there's two deeps and three deeps on some of these, and you got four spots that you're looking to fill. Uh, your two big name guys, 
coming back, uh, Renard Bell, he's small package. He's tough, explosive. I feel like he's the heart and soul of this offense. When he gets rolling, the dude's fearless. He is just a phenomenal competitor for them offensively. Then after that, you're looking at Travell Harris. He was their stat leader last year, led the team in yards and average as well, sitting at 11.7 yard per catch. So a lot of good stuff there. And then you're really going to look and see who's going to stand out. You've got Victor Lincoln, who comes from Hawaii, familiarity with this staff. So you're expecting him to integrate pretty well. But they also have, you know, some guys. They've got C.J. Moore coming from Oklahoma State. Should start outside for him. Oklahoma State has had some pretty damn good wide receivers over the years. So if you are a wide receiver and getting a look and signing scholarships and playing for Oklahoma State, I'm going to say you're going to be a pretty good little option. So this yeah. should bring a new um, – new facet to their game. And then also another guy I want to highlight is Calvin Jackson, who also originally started out at Oklahoma state, went to CC for a year, joined the Cougs last year, was limited to one game hampered with a hamstring injury. So having him healthy should be a stud for this team going forward. So you've got a lot of options here and I feel yeah. like you're going to have a lot of touches to go around. So I'm excited to see what this group does as a whole because they have experience in a lot of spots. They have talent in a lot of spots. And that's not something you can say about all the offenses in the Pac-12. I mean, typically everyone's looked at the Pac-12 as one of these big offensive conferences beating up on each other. But some of the teams around the Pac-12 have, you know, kind of shifted more to the defensive side. And I think with this group offensively, the Cougs can do some damage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Damage makers. Bring in the damage. All right. Well, I got a question about the old offensive side of the ball. Who's Who you got as the biggest sleeper on the offense? I think my biggest sleeper is going to be Calvin Jackson. Okay. Main reason is – didn't get much run at Oklahoma State. Transferred to a CC. Season got season got delayed. Didn't get play there. Gets to gets to WSU last year as a transfer. Gets banged up. Plays in one game. So he's an unknown. Mm-hmm. But the guy's got some pedigree to be a big time wide receiver. And you know Bernard Bell, a little bit smaller could bring some of the focus off him and look for look for a guy like Calvin Jackson Jr. to really step up and potentially become one of the leaders of this of this offensive squad. Yeah. I like it. Lead us into that old defense. Let's, so let's hear what we got for the defense. We're gonna talk about a handful of guys. So we're gonna highlight two guys that uh key additions that we think uh first one we got is ben wilson linebacker tcu former uh formerly from lake taps i believe sumner the sumner, sumner. Washington. yeah so um sumner yeah, coming, coming back he's he's got some experience playing in the big 12 so it's something good to good to bring up a lot of 
more Big 12 going more just that higher powered offense. You're looking at Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State in that conference. So the guy's played against these guys. He's got yeah. some starts down there at TCU. So it'll be interesting to see how he slots in on this team. Another guy is cornerback Chris Jackson coming from Michigan State. Another one where you're coming from one of those blue blood conferences where there's been a lot of good wide receivers that have been coming out of the Big Ten in years mm-hmm. past. And you know, having to go up against those guys at Penn State, at Ohio State. It's not an easy ask. Yeah, that's that's not easy at all. So it'll be interested to see. The thing here with the defense is the defense was the Achilles heel last year. Although they they had some stretches where they played really well. For me, there's a lot of unknowns on this team, you know, mm-hmm. in, in talking and talking with people. There's a few guys that want to highlight that kind of stand out as the leaders of this team. And you've got Jihad Woods, linebacker in the middle. You've got your, you know, assistant head coach that is coaching him up. This guy brings the fire. I mean, Jihad Woods is a guy, I think he was second on their team in tackles because a lot of teams were throwing the ball around because the the defensive backfield at a point last year got toasted a little bit. But I don't yeah. think that they're going to be in that same predicament this year. So, but Jahab Woods, that man in the middle, you said it, you said it before, you know, that's the field general. It's like the quarterback of the defense of those men in the middle. And I think Jahab Woods, they've got a good one there at linebacker who could be pushing for, you know, all Pac-12 spots next year. He's a beast. Then if we go, if we go back into the secondary, you got Jalen Watson. We'd be sitting at safety, you know, that next level right behind there looking at safeties is kind of those, those quarterbacks of the DBs as well. Being a leader, being an older guy for this team should set up pretty well for him to, to take those guys from last year when it was a little bit rougher. I mean, it's going to come down to these guys in the middle for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, start from the middle out. And then another guy that needs to be highlighted is their nickel corner. And that's, that's Armani Marsh. Uh, heard lots of good things about him this was the first person uh that when i was talking to the coach today out yeah there, he said you know armani marsh is a stud you know he's he's a guy that people look to out here on our squad so although we're not going deep dive breakdown because you know looking at some of these guys there were some new faces over the last two years last year shortened with stats and all that and to be completely honest we I haven't paid as much attention, especially last year with that shortened season. It was tough for me to get into college football a little bit as a whole, just because I wanted to see the Pac-12 and you've got all these teams playing multiple games. And just like, I want to wait till the Pac-12 comes around. And then this game's canceled. That game's canceled. It was a real damper to the fall. But I'm excited. I'm excited for the guys out on the Palouse. I think that, I think that they have some real time potential to, you know, take that step under Rolovich, you know, have a good year, play in a bowl game and probably a pretty good bowl game as well. If they can get to that nine mark, play a good team, hopefully win that bowl game, roll that success into the following year, get some more, get some more bigger name guys coming out there because I mean, the Palouse loves themselves some folklore heroes. They've had, they've had a Hercules out there, Hercules Mata'afa, former, Mm -hmm. Pac-12 defensive MVP Hercules Mataafa. Yeah, uh, there was, might be this other guy scared. out there, maybe rocking a stash. I, I mean, 
for a guy that spent one year on campus, I don't know if there's a more beloved Cougar in the last 20 years than Gardner Minshew. That sounds, sounds about right. I mean, people love that. That's nice about the Palouse is fans out, fans out there diehards. They love themselves. The Cougars. Yeah. And if you endear yourself to this fan group and you can show up and show out on the football field, you can become a legend there. I mean, you're talking about old Crimson flying. flying. Yeah. I mean, the, that flag has not missed a college game day in years, years, because of the diehard fans that want to make sure that their school is represented because there's, there's a lot of pride, you know, going out there because you, you sit there and you're out in the middle of nowhere a little bit, but you're in your own little pocket and it's all Cougs all day. Yeah. Die hards. So I'm, I'm very excited for what year two could bring that. Like we've kind of pointed out, there are some question marks here and there, but you look at the bright side. That's what we said. You've got, you've got a clean slate going into the season, you know, sitting at zero, zero world's your oyster. Go it is. <laughs> and all they needed to do was get 4.6% better. And hopefully, you know, in spring and fall, they were able to do that and really put themselves back on the map as which they have just a quick drop off for one or two years, but under the leech years, they were there. They were in the middle. They were in the thick mm-hmm. of things year in, year out. So I just want these two Washington teams to just ball out. I would love yeah. for it to be Washington, Washington state and everyone else in the pac 12. It would be a dream. Yeah. It would be awesome. That would be that is the dream. We want the Pacific North Fresh to, to kill Supreme. it. Supreme. Room Supreme. Yep. Oh, you got anything else? You know, also want to do a quick shout out to Butch the Cougar. Butch. Big ups. Butch. 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 <laughs> uh, like I said, very excited about the squad. Uh, new coaching staff completely so it's it's tough to gauge especially in a four game season so we're going to learn a lot about these guys we're going to be talking about them quite a bit throughout the year we're going to be breaking them down we'll be breaking the huskies down doing this once we get into primetime football season we've got we've got three teams to cover in the pacific north fresh baby and it's going to be fun i forgot one i gotta ask you a question for the defense well hit hit it so position group that the Cougs need to step up the most this year? Who you got? For me, I would like to see the defensive line really step forward and create some pressure. Once you get that little bit of pressure, it throw when you can get a quarterback off rhythm and off time, especially in the college game, that's when you can really make hay on defense. And they're very opportunistic last year, forcing the most forced fumbles, you know, and shortening down on those running stats as well. I think that's a lot playing on your defensive line. Love to see pressure up the middle, just wrecking havoc here yeah. on the Pac-12. Get that gives takes a little bit of pressure off their defensive backs. You know they can ball hawk it out a little bit more. You know having Jaw Woods cleaning everything up on the second level, create a little create a little mischief, create a little havoc on that D line. And I think that that will propel them 
because last time the Cougs had a really good, effective defense mm-hmm. was with Hercules Matafa. You know, yeah. that defense yeah. is scary. You couldn't, but the dude was undersized, but you couldn't block him. He mm-hmm. was shifty and he single handedly almost won them some games. Their offense was always good, but that defense took that step forward with him. I'm looking for yeah. them to have a few guys take that step. I'm not saying they can play at the defensive MVP level of the Pac 12. But, you know, especially some of these younger guys they brought in, seeing more of these Rolo guys and, you know, some of the Mike Leach holdovers, love to see these guys take a step forward on pressure and continue to continue to improve that run defense. You know, maybe knock another 30 yards off a game. Why not? Yeah. Hey, why not? YOLO. <laughs> I think that's going to about wrap it up for our Cougar preview episode. Wait till we get into week one and can do some more rapid reaction on these teams. It is going to be a fun year of college football, a full year of college football, and we couldn't be more excited to have both of these teams play more than a total of eight combined games. Yes. Let the boys great. play. We just want to play, Coach. Listen, <laughs> we're ready. But me and Coach. As always, if you hated our takes, you loved our takes, let us know. Hit us let up. us know. Hit us up. Give us a follow. Twitter, Insta at Coach Pod. You can find me at the Real Coach Red and Lefty France. You can always find him on Twitter at Lefty France. Follow us. Follow us. Follow us. Follow us. Feedback questions are always great. We we love to get to a point where we're basically doing fan questions for an episode or two. So hit us up yeah. with your questions. We'll give you a little bit of shout out. Let you know, let the people know where you're from and really, really dive in, connect. That's what we want to hear. We're here to make sure that you guys are feeling heard and we're talking about what you want to hear about. So give us some yes, feedback, sir. hit us up, let us know. But for tonight, stay fresh. Stay fresh, peeps. Peace. Thank you.